Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is the 17th episode of our 7th Heaven podcast. We went from always being constantly almost halfway done to actually almost done with season one now. Yeah. So there's only five episodes left. So yeah, we will be, wait, does that include this one or I don't know. Oh, whatever. math. So um, Numbers. we'll be covering season one, episode fifth, 17 <laughs> of 7th Heaven. The name of this episode is Choices. And Erin, what is our Google summary for this episode? Mary goes to a party with a girl she met in detention. Eric and Annie counsel a cleric who has a secret. Dun, dun. Um, so we put your first impression of this episode. I hated it. It was. It was pretty bad. It was. Like repeatedly throughout this episode, I turned to Aaron and I was like, "Is this not the worst episode that you've seen?" Um, I will say that I didn't remember a lot of this episode because I probably was, like, watching it, but also, like, playing on my phone or, like, my laptop. And the first run-through, I definitely did not pay a whole lot of attention to this because I didn't even know what the cleric's secret... Like, <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? And then I slowly remembered, but I still was so... Yeah, but you weren't really paying attention the second time around either. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, but I got more of the... I, like. I, I, I understand what happened. It was a lot to handle, but I, I, I was able to understand it all, which I, I have trouble grasping some of these episodes. Um, um, but really, like, I think my overall first impression is that every single person or, like, actor in this episode forgot how to act. Maybe what they did was recorded this episode before they recorded any of the upper, other episodes they recorded. And it was filmed. Like, yeah, filmed. <laughs> filmed this episode like out of order because none of these people remember how to act. And nothing. Sorry, made, nothing happened, and nothing made sense. That was the. Well, let's let's kind of. I guess we'll just get, get into it. So we're gonna do storyline by storyline as far as like there are storylines. Yeah, yeah. But just going scene by scene would be painful, and it's hard to remember um, all every the scenes scene. That it, yeah. yeah. So. Let's the first, start, start with, with the cold open, which yeah. is kind of long. If I don't know, the episode um, starts with Mary walking into detention in the cold open, and well, we don't know she's in, it's just like a rowdy room, and then she hands a slip to the teacher who's at the front of the room, and then he says something about like, welcome to detention. Yeah, or this like, is detention. Or, yeah, stop acting like I don't know kindergarten something stupid. Um, and Mary goes and sits down next to our first guest star of this episode. Felicity! Felicity. Carrie, oh, Carrie, Carrie Russell. Russell. And she has all her hair. Yeah. I know that was, like, super controversial when Carrie Russell, like, cut off her hair in the show Felicity. But she's got her hair. I uh, wonder if this was, like, her audition for Felicity. Like, they saw how great she was as Camille. This is the character that she's playing. Yeah. And then they were like, we need to give this woman her own show. I mean, because this is on WB, so. Yeah. Well, I never watched Felicity, so I don't even know. Yeah, I don't either, yeah. I just know that she was, like, in a constant love triangle. Was it, wasn't it? was it not a good, well, like, I read something that basically implied that it was not a good show, but I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, so anyway, Mary sits down next to this girl who, I can't remember who speaks first. I think she goes, like, what are you in for? And we learn that Mary is in detention for being late or tardiness, as well, they always Well, I guess this is a show. continuation from last week's episode, or la the last episode that we did, where she was getting her tardy slips because 
Remember, she was hiding in a bathroom. Um, I think she just has a habit of being tardy. Oh, is it? I thought it was like I thought it was a good like continuity thing where well, because, she was getting the detention from. Well, no, because well, she got the one detention because she was hiding in the bathroom. But then she gave, she went to Matt because she was like, "Oh, it's my third one this week." So oh. she seems to just be habitually late. But that that time she was like hiding in the bathroom. But it seems like oh, Mary okay, has okay. a problem with being on time. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So it is a it's a good oh. continuity thing. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess it is still a good continuity thing. Fair enough. Uh, um, and then we learn that Camille is in detention for smoking in the boys' locker room, <laughs> which I don't know what, whatever. And and then, but the way that that's delivered, she says she's smoking, and then, and then pause, pause yeah. and then she's like, and like Mary's like, okay, and then she's like in the boys' locker room. She's like, whoa, yeah. Um, and then they're like super fast friends because they're both like, oh, I've heard of you, and I've heard of you. You're, you know, you're the minister's daughter, and you're the girl who smokes in the boys' Boy. locker room. So they're immediately, and she's like, come to the mall with me tonight. <laughs> um, and Mary is like, oh, my parents won't let me go. And I don't know. She uh, There's something about her, uh, Felicity, or Camille, being like... Just call her Felicity. Yeah. We'll just have to get them to loosen up, and that, like, and... Won't the, we? Yeah. And that's very, and that's very much said, like seductively. I don't know why the um like status quo, like the norm for, for like, everyone to be yeah, speaking like seductively. Like why everybody does it. Everybody. Um okay, so that's like that sets up Mary's storyline for the episode. Um and then I think the next thing that happens in the cold open is um Oh, is um Ruthie going up to Annie uh saying that she wants her own pet. Yes, um, and Annie's like, no, happy is enough, and Ruthie's like, oh, that's Simon's pet, um, and then all the other kids come home from school, and this conversation kind of ends. Um, and the doorbell, and that's like, that's the kid storyline is going to be this whole pet thing. Yeah, and this is just like a side, like, Matt lies to Annie and says that Mary's at basketball practice in the off-season, like, her and some of the girls wanted to... Like, you know, just just get an extra practice in because, I don't know, they want to stay sharp for next year. So um, he, he covers for, you know, Mary having detention. Um, um, and, and Oh, and Lucy also gets told that the Rev wants to talk to her, and she assumes she's in trouble. I guess but Lucy has her own storyline in this, but it doesn't really matter, does it? It's so, yeah, it's, it's such a can small you, part of can what... Can you tell we're really enthusiastic about this episode? It was great. Um, so then the doorbell rings, and, oh, wait, first we see a cab pull up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A cab pull up. Well, you, the cab pulls up, and Aaron's like, wait, does Mary have to take a cab home from <laughs> yeah, detention? I thought that Mary took a cab home from detention. <laughs> Which I thought was Which fantastic. how much I remember about this episode. <laughs> and then a man gets out. <laughs> and he drops money on the ground. Wait, who's the man? Oh, oh, right. The man is Dan from One Tree Hill. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I was yelling. I got really excited. It's the, But it's Paul Johansson, Dan, um, from One Tree Hill. And, okay, I got to say real quick that whoever cast James Lafferty as Nathan Scott in One Tree Hill as Dan's son did, like, a spot-on job because Nathan Lafferty looks like such a, like, a good young Paul Johansson. Yeah, kind of like Alexis Bledel and Lauren Graham. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Great casting over at the WB. Aaron, Many props. Aaron just watched the Stop. new, uh, I, I guess, the newly released thing of Gilmore Girls. So, I watched the first 45 minutes of the first episode. Well, there we go. You're, you're watching it. All right. I don't think I'm going to finish it. But anyway, um, I haven't seen 
Well, I haven't seen the entire series of the original run. So. She's going through the Gilmore Girls now. Okay. So. Right. So uh, Dan from One Tree Hill shows up. And, and uh, he gets out of the cab and he dro- like drops money and it looks like he notices that he dropped it, but he doesn't pick it. I thought, I thought he bent over and picked it up, but he doesn't. Um, and then he goes up and, and rings the doorbell and, you know, Annie gives him a lovely kiss on the mouth. Um, and then the Rev... Like comes to see like who's at the door or whatever, and he's like halfway out of his office and halfway in like the foyer, and he he like looks like hesitant at, at this at this the fact that this man is there, and he's like trying to decide whether or not he's going to go back and hide in his office or greet this man. And um, then the cold opens over. <laughs> yes, um, big cliffhanger there. Who you is know. Tom? Is who's, Tom? Well, we don't even know his name yet. Oh, oh wait, no, we do. When she opens the door, she's like, like Tom. Tom. It's so good to see you. So, yeah, so we don't know, was, is Tom an ex-lover of Annie's or whatever? It doesn't matter. We're going to get I into Mary's storyline, so you'll have to... I thought for a second to... it was uh, the Rev's, like, little brother or something. <laughs> you know, there's, like... only, there's only Julie and Eric. So you'll have to wait on the edge of your seat if you have not seen this episode to find out who Tom is because we're going to go with Mary's storyline first. Um, I honestly can't even remember what happens. Mary oh, gets but... home from school, and Annie's like, how was practice? And, you know... Matt is conveniently standing behind Annie, so he can he's able to gesture to Mary that, you know, oh, that's the lie I told. And Mary's like, eh, it was good or whatever. Um, and then she's, she immediately gets into, can I go to the mall with Camille? <laughs> and um, I, don't, I, forget, I don't even know well, what, what Annie's response is, well, but Annie Matt's like, like, no way. Yeah, uh, but Annie goes, I've never heard of Camille before, who's Camille? And... Mary says, and I don't know if this is a lie she makes up on the spot or if this is at all true. She says, oh, Camille just moved into town in this, like, this school year. She doesn't have any friends, so I thought, like, I'd hang out with her. Yeah, and Matt immediately is like, absolutely not. That girl is bad news. Well, he calls, he goes, she's wild. wild really wild. And, <laughs> and Mary, like, turns around and she's like, yeah, well, so are you. Yeah. I don't really understand. Well, Matt did go to that rave where people were drinking that one time. So, um, somehow, uh, okay, and at the same time... The kids are going to go to the mall. Yeah, Ruthie and Simon want to go to the mall. Should we... We'll just say it real quickly. They found the, the, the money that Tom dropped in the driveway when they were walking happy. We're going to come back to them later. But they want to go to the mall because it was $50.00. And they don't want to tell anyone because they're like, oh, mom and dad will make us save it even if they don't like make us try to figure out who lost it. The, they won't let us spend it. So they want to go to the mall so they can get rid of this money real quick. Um, so Hot money. Black money. Yeah, yeah. It's burning a hole in their pockets. Um, so they can, you know, they ask Re- the Rev and, and the Rev is like, no, we're about to have dinner. Like, I don't like the mall. Um, and then Matt steps in and he's like, oh, well, Mary's going to go to the mall later. She can take them, um, much. And, and the Rev is just like, okay, great. Thanks, Mary. And she's, you know, angry at Matt. Can I just say something about this scene? They're going out to practice basketball after she's come home from quote unquote basketball practice. And they go out the front door. And they go out the front door with the basketball and, uh, the Rev is like, oh, well, dinner starts in five minutes and they're still going to go outside for some basketball. It just doesn't make... Any sense. Any sense. And then Mary throws the ball at the back of Matt's head, and it seemed pretty hard because it bounced back pretty hard, and I don't know, I don't think, so she, no, I don't know. So the next thing that happens in Mary's storyline is they are at the mall, Uh, Mary and Camille are looking at dresses that look like t-shirts to me, but (laughs) 
are slutty dresses. Apparently no. dresses. Um, and Camille's like, oh, well, we're going to get dresses because we're going to a fraternity party tonight. Right. And, and so I, I, I'm, I guess I'm gathering that this was supposed to be a Friday because the watching this, I, I was, oh, under, the, Friday, you're I was right. under the impression it was supposed to be like the middle of the week. And I'm like, well, no way. Like, I'm surprised that they let her go to the mall um, on a day that was supposed to be like a school night, but it's a Friday. And then Camille is like, oh, yeah, we're going to a fraternity party. And Mary again, clueless, is like, oh, my parents would never let me go. And like, yeah, Mary, that's like this, this family, these kids don't know how to get away with anything. Um, but the thing that, like, gets to Mary the most is that the fraternity party is taking place at 9.30. Yeah, she's like, they'll never let me go anywhere at 9.30. And also, the reason that we keep on calling it a fraternity party yes. is because they refuse to just call it a frat party. Or just, like, a college party. Yeah. Like, or any- like anything else. They have to make it as, as tedious as possible. So, uh... But, like, Camille does the Camille thing where she peer pressures um, Mary, and, like, we're led to believe that she convinces Mary. Well, we know, because then after they get back from the mall, it's about 9 o'clock because Mary comes in and says, like, oh, I'm really tired, I just want to go to bed, and Matt says, it's 9 o'clock. So... Uh, we didn't have to use any clocks here. Erin didn't have to pause it to make sure she knew how to read read time. Okay, so... (laughs) Nine o'clock, if we take Matt's word for it. Um, So she runs up to her room, and Lucy is sitting on the bed, and she's like, oh, I need a favor from you. And you, this is kind of a scene where you'd anticipate Lucy to be the worst. Um, But she actually kind of, you know, Mary tells her up front, like, I'm going to a fraternity party. Um, (laughs) And Lucy goes, and yeah, I'm going to a rave with Johnny Depp. So... Yes, um, but, oh wait, and then Lucy goes, mom and dad are letting you go to a fraternity party? And I'm like, how, they all know that they would never say yes to this. Why do they all keep, like, they, there's no way you're doing anything without having asked mom and dad. That would be immoral. Um, so Mary does the thing that every child does when they're sneaking out, which is stack pillows. Really? Did anyone ever do this? I Well, I never snuck out of my house because I w- I'm terrified of my parents. Oh. To this day, I'm still terrified of my parents. And also because I had no means of sneaking out because I lived in an apartment building and oh. didn't realize that you could use the fire escape for something that wasn't a fire. But, oh, um, I see. But I, 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 I never, like, I don't, I don't actually ever think I said, like, I've left without, like, being authorized to leave. We only had one, like, front, you know, it was a part, it was a, like a one-bedroom apartment. We had one front door. Oh. I could never sneak out. Anyway, the point being, I've, like, seen this on television, so um, I'm assuming this is how real life works because I've seen it on TV. I'm almost positive no one has ever done this. But, you know, they, she, like, takes a bunch of pillows and puts them in the form of a body and, like... Ferris Bueller mastered this by having an actual mannequin to do that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, covers up, covers it up with her like bed duvet, and uh, Mary's, uh, Lucy's like, "You owe me for yeah. ten years for this." Yeah. So Mary gets she, okay again. Mary is supposed to be sneaking around, and Mary is the worst at sneaking around. She takes way too. She like creeps around and walks through every like corner of the front of the house to make sure no one's watching her, and then she runs out the door. Gets in the car with where Camille is waiting, and Camille hands her a dress. Wait, can we talk about what Mary was wearing before she like changed into this dress? Because yeah, a mylar blanket. It was <laughs> she. Yeah. She had just run a marathon, and it was cold, and they gave her a mylar blanket. 
And she, that is what she was wearing to this party. Okay. Well, what I was going to say was it was this, like, silky blue pattern number on top. I thought it was purple with, like, yellow stripes or, like... So- I thought it was blue with, like, a weird orangey pattern. We clearly... Well, that's the, great, that's the great part about that sort of material. It changes with the light. <laughs> and, like... Like, I guess, flare bottom pants or something. Yeah. So she, luckily she gets in the car and you yeah. know, hands her the dress. And and Mary's like, oh, it still has the security tag on it. And again, I don't know why Mary like, just became so dense in this episode. But Camille was like, yeah, you didn't think I was going to buy it for you. And she just rips the security tag off. But, like, not in the way that would get the ink, the ink tag, you know. But she rips it and then she's like, great, now it has a slit in it. Uh, which is, you know, you've got great legs or whatever. So then Mary puts on this stolen dress that has a giant rip in it now because Camille just ripped the the, the ink tag off. This rip that you do not see at all for the rest of the episode when she is wearing this dress. Well, I, I guess we when she's at the party, you only really get, like, upper body, body shots. Right, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, this party is not a party. It's a double date at they, a frat house. Yeah, so they pull up to the Row Omega fraternity, which... I meant to look up because usually they don't use real, um, frater- like, yeah. in, in movies and, and TV shows. I, I think it's probably, like, a, the national chapters don't want... <laughs> to be associated? Yeah. 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 So, the Rho Omega frat house. Um, and they walk in, and there's, like, five people there, and it's not a party. It's just Camille's, like, seeing this older guy, this college frat- fratern- fraternity man. I think his name is Jason. Yeah, yeah, I can't... What was the other guy's name? I don't know. So she... I was going to say Matt, but that's wrong. She pairs Mary up with some other guy, and she's like, oh, me and Jason are, like, going to go be alone somewhere or whatever, hang out with uh, Bill. I don't know. Yeah, we're just going to call him Bill. Bill is Um, his name. Bill offers Mary a brewski and calls it a brewski. I'm not just saying that. I've never used the term brewski in my life. Uh, But she declines the beer. Or, well, like... Gets a beer but doesn't actually drink it. Um, then there's like awkward scenes of them like sitting on the couch together. Um, then Camille and Jason return from wherever they were, um, and Mary's like, "I want to leave." Um, and on the, on the side, the two guys are talking, and the right. guy, the one guy's like, "Oh, are you sure she's eighteen? She seems pretty uptight." And he's like, "Camille told me she was eighteen, <laughs> so she must be eighteen. Um, and we're oh, we learn that Camille is sixteen. I think... We learn later in the episode that Camille's 16. Oh, okay. Well, she is driving, so... uh, Yeah. Um, And then Camille was like, well, tough. I'm not ready to leave yet. Why don't you have, like, your... Why don't you have Bill drive you home? And she's like, oh, he's been drinking all night. No. And Camille's like, well, I'm not leaving. Um, You have a choice to make. Either you wait until I'm ready to go, or you take your chance with Bill. And this, like, harkens back to the title of the episode, which is Choices. Um, So Mary's grand plan to get out of this mess is to call home. E.T. phone home. Isn't she using, like, a pay phone, too? Right? Yes, she's using a pay phone. I don't know. It didn't occur to me until just now that she's using a pay phone. And I'm like, was she supposed to be in the fraternity house, or did she go out to, like... The street corner to make this phone call. And the thing is, she makes the phone call. Uh, Lucy picks up the phone, 
Um, this is all happening off screen, but so we don't know who's on the other line yet because no, we do. No, wait. Like the what the scene that we see is Lucy on the phone in her bed talking about what's happening in the house. So oh, yeah. I thought she was just on the phone with Jimmy Moon. Oh yeah. But then you look at the other line, and it's Mary going get. Matt. Yeah, she just she just cuts Lucy off, and she's like, "Just get Matt." And and Lucy like runs, gets Matt from where Matt is. Uh, like, he's I, in the parents' bedroom, and and Lucy's like, "You have to take this phone," because he goes to pick up the phone that's in the parents' bedroom, and she's like, "No, this is a girl, and you're gonna want to be alone when you take this call. It's a special, special girl." girl. <laughs> so uh, um, Matt leaves, you know, the the parents' bedroom and takes the call. Um, whatever ha- like happens, and then the goes to pick up Mary yeah. from from the frat. He house. runs back and like t- he's like, "There's a girl at a party. She needs to leave. I'm gonna go pick her up." Yeah, and Aunt, like that's what he tells Annie because, um, and she's like, "Okay, well, like be quick, be safe, or whatever." Um, I have to say because this is like kind of part of the storyline. Lucy's like Lucy's not the worst, but it's still the worst in a way. <laughs> well, we'll in talk this episode. about. I mean, we have to talk about. Um, I was just going to say, like, in how she's covering up for Mary throughout. Oh yeah, she's bad at that. But like, also, I'm just thinking about the other thing, her whole like exploratory, which we can get into yeah. when we talk about the yeah. uh, Tom storyline with the with the Rev and Annie. But yeah. uh, I just wanted to point out that like throughout this throughout this episode, there's like plenty of scenes where Lucy needs to be covering for Mary. And first of all, her facial expression, she just looks horrified about the fact that she's about to have to tell like another lie or that like someone might someone might be on to her. like she she always just has these ridiculous reactions. So, Matt goes and picks up Mary, um, and Camille is, like, for some reason standing outside. No, Mary gets in the car, and then Camille comes out, and she's like, oh, that's it? You're bailing? Uh, And then Matt gets out of the car, and he's like, you're coming with us. Um, And then they have, like, a little back and forth, and then she ends up going with them for some reason. Like, how is she going to get her car back? But I, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why Matt insisted on bringing Camille home. It's none of his business. And also because he was, like, threatening to use force with her. Oh, yeah. He was like, I'm going to count to three. And, like, you get in the car, I'm going to put you in it. Yeah, which I was like, all right, Matt. Like, you came to pick up your sister. You, like, got out of the car to help this chick out. This chick does not want to be helped out. Like, all right. Like, step back. Or maybe, like, use your words wisely because you shouldn't be forcing anybody into a car with you. He takes after the Rev and that he just feels like he's entitled to tell everyone what to do. Uh, but apparently, like, at the count of two, Camille's like, oh, fine, I'll go with you. Yeah. Um, and then Mary, um, I guess they drop Camille off on the way because Mary and Matt walk through the back door, the kitchen door. Yeah. Um, and right into where, they're, they're not even hiding. <laughs> not even close. The Rev and Annie are standing there, and the Rev and Annie are under the impression because Lucy... Lied so well, yeah, so that, well that Mary went to bed early, and uh, I don't know. Annie's like, "Oh, was she not feeling well?" Whatever. So they think that Mary's asleep, and then she walks in the back door, and then Annie very quickly puts it together, and she's like, "Oh, this is the girl that was at the party," um, and then Mary almost immediately starts to cry, uh, and then Matt's like, "Oh, when when they're done yelling, like when they're done talking to you, come talk to me," because. For some reason, Matt now is in the position to punish Mary as well. Um, I guess what starts out... Because this scene... 
What you have to know is everybody, everything in this episode doesn't make sense. Nothing in this episode makes sense. So it starts out with... Every the, conversation kind of seems like it, it just cut off in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Or there was, there was no, resu- like, no resolution to a single conversation. But um, it starts out with, like, the Rev's usual routine of, like, him being, like, you have to tell me what happened, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, like, what we're used to seeing is the Rev playing bad cop and Annie playing good cop. But in this one, there's a massive reversal in that Annie, like, takes control of the situation and, like, marches up to Mary. And it's like, what were you thinking? And, like, Mary's like, oh, I guess I was looking for some, a little bit of adventure. And then Annie has this weird-ass <laughs> yes. line where she's like, well, if you want adventure, you can clean out your closet. I thought she was, like, kicking her out of the house. Yeah, like, I, was, I, was like, I was like, is I was like, is this when this happens? Yeah. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Um, so, yeah, and then but, she's... Like, Annie loses her shit on Mary. Like This is true. And she grounds her for a month. Yeah. Um, and and no TV, no phone, church, school, and that's it. Um, and then, like, also decides that she thinks that Lucy should be also grounded for, like, two weeks for covering because Lucy and Mary made their choice. Yes. And, and it's all about choices. So... That's then... Okay, oh, then... That, so then Mary goes to get scolded by Matt... And it actually looks like they're going to make out again. Well, Matt's like, you have to understand that I know. Like, at first, I think Matt's sitting, like, backwards on a chair, and she's on the bed. They're, like, facing each other. Yeah, they're facing each other. They're sitting across from from each each other. other. And Matt's like, you got to understand, like, I know guys better than, or, like, I know, I don't know. He's just talking about how he's the expert here. You know, he's like, oh, you don't know what, like, basically it is, like, guys, I don't know. You don't know what they'll do. And, um, so... She's, like, like Mary's, like, really upset about this. Um, I, like, kind of feel really bad for her because... Wait, just back to guys and Matt being, like, there are no really nice guys. Whatever happened to Richard, the dyslexic boyfriend? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, what happened to Richard? (laughs) I don't know. He went to to the seventh heaven... Graveyard. Maybe he's still getting tutored by that yeah. woman who learned to read at the age of 40. Yeah. Um, sorry, but, like, I feel kind of bad for Mary because you could tell that, like, she was very uncomfortable the entire time she was at she the house. She didn't have house. fun at this party. No, like, I, like, and now she's in trouble. Party. She was, like, this this bill guy was, like, all up in her business. The and Like, all like there was, like, plenty of room on the couch, but he was way next to her. And, you know, she, like, regretted every decision she made today, I think. And so she's really upset, and I guess Matt is trying to comfort her, but, like, it, as Aaron said, it looks like they're about to make out. Yeah, because he, at a certain point, goes to sit on the bed with her, and then he's next to her, and he's, like, pushing her hair back from behind her ear, and he's running his hand through her hair, and then they go in for a hug, but it's a little close for comfort. I don't know. Mm. So... That's the end of that, except for the Rev wants to catch Lucy lying one more time, and he knows that Mary's in Matt's room. And he goes and he says goodnight to Lucy, and then he says goodnight to the pillows. And <laughs> Lucy, for some reason, un- go under her because co- she has no idea yet that they all know that, that Mary was sneaking out. So she, like, under her covers, she just goes, goodnight. <laughs> And then Mary walks through the door, like through the bedroom well, yeah. door, and, and she's like, goes, "Good night, Dad." <laughs> and she and he goes, "Good night, Mary." And then Lucy's like, "Oh my God!" Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that was stupid. Yep, stupid. Mary's in trouble. We don't know what happened to Richard, but so the next, the other storyline is kind of Lucy, Simon, and Ruthie. They're all kind of quick. 
Yeah, we can do All that. All right, so no, we'll do, we'll do Simon and Ruthie. So as we said, they find the money that Tom drops, and they got $50, and we know that Ruthie had wanted a pet of her own, so they decide that they are going to, while they're at the mall with Mary. Um, they're going to go to the pet store, which is called Pick, Pick a Pet. But it's spelled P-I-C. Dash A dash pet. So not even the right pick. Pick a pet. Pick a pet. And while they're there, there are these Whoa. two conversations that take place between the cashier and these other random men just to set up, like, this entirely, re- like, this ridiculous plot device. It, it's really, like, the worst setup scene you Ever. can imagine. Well, before, like, we just have to clarify that they're at the pet store by themselves because Mary is, Mary... Looking at the dresses with Camille. Right, and Camille, like, convinces Mary to let them go off and they won't get in trouble. So... Everything is Mary's fault. Or everything is Camille's fault, really. Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about these. So, first we see this one man with the cashier, and he's like, oh, it's great. I've got almost no over... Like, the cashier's giving him, like, a check or something, and he's like, oh, you, you wouldn't... It's great. I've got no overhead, and hamsters breed so quickly, and they're so... Like, they cost almost nothing to take care of. And then, you know, I make a killing selling them to you. And then the guy at the register is like, oh, yeah, and we sell so many hamsters because parents, kids want puppies, but parents always want hamsters, which I guess is like when kids want, like, that's like the compromise parents make when they don't want the responsibility of getting a dog. They tell their kids they're going to hamster. So this guy walks off with his money, and Simon is listening because he, for some reason, wants to get... Now, now, like, Ruthie wants a pet, and now Simon wants to go into, like, the pet business. Well, they he have, wants to they start have a money breeding. fever now because they found 50 bucks, so they're like, we have a lot of money, let's have more money now. Yeah. So they're like, ooh, we should breed hamsters. hamsters. <laughs> so, that, um, but before they go up to the cash register, another guy comes up to... The- Okay, and this guy... is so shifty. It's so shifty. And he also looks like Pornstash from um, Orange is the New Black. If you guys watch Orange is the New Black, the, the, like, correctional officer that has the Pornstash that everybody hates. This guy did not have a mustache. No, it did not, but I thought it was Pornstash without without the... mustache. But it wasn't... It's not that same actor, otherwise I would have kind of flipped out. But it looks like him. So this guy comes up and he just goes, hey, how about some ferrets? (laughs) Like, nothing else... And the cashier is like, no, ferrets are illegal. So this guy leaves. Uh, Then the kids go up to the register and they're like, we'd like two hamsters, a male and a female, please. And Ruthie's being cute. And like, if they're they're married, that'd be perfect. And he's like, I I can't sell pets to minors. Where are your parents? And they leave sad and dejected. But guess what? The porn stash man, porn stash lookalike. It's like being a hella creepy and he's in like an alleyway and he literally goes in the mall like the alley of like it's in the mall but they're like yeah right outside of the pet store like behind like the facade of the pet store and he's like come here and then he opens his jacket and like like a like a like a counterfeit like watch salesman in old movies like he opens up his jacket and the ferrets are hanging from his jacket there are two ferrets and in his pockets yeah they're like what's that it's like they're ferrets and they're great and they they're easy to take care of and all they need is breadcrumbs to survive but we found out that actually ferrets are Are carnivorous (laughs) and they would die if they only had breadcrumbs well anyway simon makes a rookie mistake and goes we only have 50 dollars to spend 
And this guy, of course, is like, ha ha. Um, ex- uh, they, they usually cost 50 each, but you guys look like good kids, so two, you I'll have sell two t- for 50, yeah. And so these kids go home with ferrets, but also they go home with Mary. I don't know how they get home with Mary, first of all. I guess Camille drove. Uh, yeah, I guess Camille drove them, but ne- neither Camille nor Mary throughout the entire car drive. Noticed, noticed that they had ferrets in, and Simon is carrying them in his jacket. <laughs> like, so, and and when he comes in the house, like, well, Mary's preoccupied with like, you know, setting everything up to sneak out to the party, but Simon is like fidgeting around, like, with the ferrets in his coat, and and Matt doesn't know, like, no, like, how does no one notice? Um, the rest of like this specific storyline is just like the ferrets get loose. Um, Andy thinks that they have mice because like everything in the world is has like holes in it now. Yeah, there's a giant hole in a box of cereal that the Rev actually ends up eating, which is disgusting. He starts pouring the cereal out from the hole that the ferrets made. <laughs> and there's a I don't know. The Rev is acting very weird in this episode. Uh, this was just one of those examples. Uh, then the ferrets somehow end up in, like, oh, it's probably her lingerie <laughs> I was going to say, Andy's, but that's on Eric's side of the bed, so I don't know. Oh, but there was, like, thing. a pink thing in there. All right, so, so Annie's in bed at the end of the night, and she looks over, and the ferrets are somehow in somebody's, like, night, like, the, the bedside table drawer. Um, and she, she screams, and everybody rushes in. She's like, I found the mice! I found the mice! And then... And Simon and like, Ruthie... They're not mice, they're ferrets. And then Simon explains the financial um, benefits to owning ferrets and how much money he could make and how he could pay for college and med school if he became a successful ferret breeder. And he's like, you know, because college is $25,000 a year. And I was going to say something about how that's not the case, but I guess if he goes to a state school... Yeah, it could even be cheaper if he goes to a state school. Um, so that's, um, oh, no, not, oh. Per, not per year, per semester. It would be cheap, but. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, I don't know. Um, uh, and what happens next? Oh, uh, Ruthie and Simon don't get to keep the ferrets. And yeah. we'll, we'll let you know what happens to the ferrets when we get into the next storyline. So oh, we'll we just- can do Lucy real quick. Well, Lucy kind of ties into this. So, all right. So, Tom. Oh, yeah. I guess we can talk about Susan. We'll finally tell you who Tom is. He arrives, and we find out that he was the former associate pastor at the Glen Oak Church. And now, I was I was wrong, he came from Denver. So Brenda Hampton Br- knows. Brenda Hampton kind of knows about, generally, the West. A few, a few Western states. Um, but New York is still the only, you know... Uh, East East Coast and there's no 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 mid what do you call it? Midwest mid uh, middle of the country states no 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 those the ones the heartland the heartland yes the uh, Bible Belt <laughs> the wheat belt the corn belt the cor- yeah I don't know all right sorry if you're from one of those states please let me know what the appropriate I don't even know what states I'm thinking of like what do you call where Oklahoma is like that or the like geographic Kansas. center of <laughs> or like Kansas yeah. I don't know. All right. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, Tom is from Denver. He that's um, in Colorado. He is visiting. Um, he's not. I don't know. He like makes it sound like it was like a. Oh, he's on vacation, and like the I was like, oh, and you chose to come to Glen Oak for he's, vacation. Yeah, he says something about um, taking a few days off, wanting to like wanted to stop in Glen Oak and see if they had any openings. 
And the Rev's like, oh, I wish you would have called first because we have no money. And then he says, like, oh, well, I had a few days off anyway, um, and I was going to take a vacation. And then the Rev's like, oh, you couldn't think of anywhere better. Um, but clearly what we get is that the Rev is not Tom's biggest fan, and Annie's kind of oblivious to this. Because Annie is in love with Tom. Um or she, like, acts like she is. Um, anyway, Tom sees that he's not wanted, so he's like, all right, well, uh, let me, like, can you give me some recommendations about, like, hotels around here? Uh, and the, the Rev has connections at the Holiday Inn. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get you a good rate. But then Annie's like, what? No, you have to stay here. Um, and, and he does. He ends up <laughs> staying at with the Camptons. Yeah, and um, at a certain point, he... No one even tells Lucy he's there. She just walks... He's, like, in the den, and Lucy walks in, and she says something about how she's starting... The thing that the Rev wanted to talk to her about um, was about her starting confirmation classes. Because she's 13. And she goes to tell um, Tom about her starting confirmation classes, and he's like, oh, well, it's, like, a big step. It's, like, you know, you this is, like, a crossroads in your life, and you get to choose what faith you want to belong to, and... He basically says, like, you don't necessarily need to be, like, a Protestant. You could... Or join your father's church. Yeah, you, you could end up, you know, choosing a different religion, and you should, like, look at all your... Consider all your options. Um, so Lucy immediately decides that she wants to look into Buddhism for some reason, uh, and she goes and asks the Rev for a book on Buddhism, and he's a little bit shaken, and he's like, ah, Tom, because Tom gave her this brilliant idea. Um, and... Yeah, because we can leave we can leave Lucy for a bit. So while Annie is preparing dinner, Tom is in the kitchen helping her. Well, um, the Rev's in the kitchen helping her, and the Rev kind of like. But he leaves and. Well, the Rev like oh, yeah. first says like actually like I don't really like Tom, and um, which Annie apparently had not noticed. Yeah, because Annie's like how like he's so charming and, and handsome, and like now the Rev's like wait you think he's good looking, which is like a joke that happens like multiple times again in this episode. Yeah. And and the, and Annie's like, uh, you're better looking though, and then they kiss. Um, and then, but Tom comes in, and they're discussing vegetarian lasagna. But then Tom also starts to allude to like some problems he's been having, and then he stops himself before he gets to tell Annie like what the problem is, and uh, she like leaves to put the food on the table or something, and he takes out a pill bottle and he puts the <laughs> pill in his mouth, and he immediately looks like he's like in ecstasy, like we're, we know we don't know what these pills are for. Yeah, we're uh, trying to figure out like, oh, is he a drug addict now, or what kind of problem does he have? Um, the very next scene is uh, there is a parishioner, um, at Glenow called Judy Calloway. Yes, Judy Calloway. Um, yeah, the Rev gets a call at home. And oh, Annie and oh, right. Annie sorry. and Tom are playing gin, and the Rev kind of just in the, in love, the den. love den. In the love den, and it is a very flirtatious game of gin. Because uh, he's gin king, but no, she's gin queen. <laughs> no one ever beats Annie at gin. Uh, so the Rev kind of busts in, and he's like, "Oh, I have to go see Judy Calloway. Just called. She's having a hard time, or he says she hasn't been to church. I forget why he decides to." go see her, and but, then Tom is like, oh, Judy Calloway, I remember her, and then they're like, oh, he, she married the guy who used to... That, no, that's Bill. That's Bill. The oh, guy that guy's she married is Bill? Bill. Yeah, that guy's name is Bill. <laughs> All right. So they were like, oh, do you remember Bill? And Tom is like, yeah, the guy who always used to come to church dressed like a rock star. 
Uh, and they're like, yeah, well, Judy married him, and then... They got divorced. And then pretty much they were like, and not long after, got divorced. And, and then, then about six months ago, he killed himself. And no, I'm six sorry, months after that, he... Oh, I thought they, after they the said divorce. about six months ago. Oh, I, I heard it as six months after the divorce, he killed himself. All right, well, it's, uh, so... But this... <laughs> They kind of just were like, they got married, then they got divorced, and now he's dead. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's how the story was told. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I, I started it because I forgot what happened at that point. And so the Rev is like, I'm going over to you know visit with her. And I think Annie says she's going to go. And they're like, oh, Tom, do you want to come with us? And he becomes very disturbed. And, and he's like, I have a headache. I have to, I have to go. And he runs away. So we're like, oh, maybe he's also depressed. Maybe yeah, this maybe is like... Yeah, maybe that upset him or something. Maybe he's suicidal. Maybe he's taking pills for, like, his His mental- depression. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then, we get, then we get to meet Judy Calloway, who had... Judy, yes. Judy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they... I don't know why... That, so they're, they're trying to get uh, Judy to come back to church. Um, she's like, I can't go because I'm going to get all these pitying looks. Like, Oh, yeah, she's like, everybody, you know, Bill's the talk of the town now that he like, killed himself. He's like, folklore. Yeah. But, like, the way that they Probably talk about... Probably one person ever has committed suicide in Glen Oak, and it's this guy. But the way that they talk about her ex-husband is, like, so cruel. He's like, yeah, like, he didn't think anything else was happening in his life, so he killed himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and also, I feel like it was meant to kind of make her feel guilty because it's like, why did you divorce him? You're the reason he killed himself. Um, but the way that they just, I feel like they very poorly handled, like it, they used it as a plot they device. Glossed, yeah. They glossed over the suicide. Like it was nothing to, yeah. to further a stupid, like a very stupid plot device. They took something very heavy and played it down just to further <laughs> like what eventually ends up happening in this episode. But so I feel like the only point of the scene was for like the rev to have another moment because like, Oh, Tom's in town. And then Judy's like, Oh, the good looking one. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, she's like, Oh, you should have brought him over here. Um, Oh yeah. Then they ha- she has this off, like this random line. She's like the only thing, the thing that me and uh, Tom shared in common where we both disliked Bill or something like that. <laughs> yes. Her dead, her dead ex-husband. The only Who thing killed had, himself. The only thing they had in common was <laughs> hating this man who is now dead. So. <laughs> and the Rev is like, oh my God, you also think he's good looking. Right. Because the Rev is still jealous of that Judy Calloway now thinks that. Uh, Tom is good looking. Wait, can I just say, while this is happening, um, really quickly, Matt is meant to be babysitting Lucy at home, and the way that he chooses to babysit Lucy... Sitting and watching her in bed. Like, they're in the same room and reading, and, uh... Yeah, I don't know why, like, they're both in, in Lucy and Mary's room, and... Matt isn't supposed to know that Mary's gone at this point. No, Mary's at the mall at this point. Oh, okay, yeah. I was like... Yeah, I thought that too for a second. What a bad cover-up. He's, like, (laughs) sitting in the room where Mary's supposed to be sleeping and they're having a conversation. But Matt doesn't need to babysit Lucy. Right, she's, like, 13 years old. You don't need to sit and watch Watch her. her. While the other kids are playing with ferrets and, like, letting them... Oh, they... they, Everybody's at the mall. Everyone's at the mall. (laughs) Anyway, um, so... So, anyway... Annie and Rev come home. Tom isn't home. He's, like, out for a walk. Um, <laughs> and then we see him at the pool hall where he... This, again, I thought he was depressed. Like, still thought he was depressed because he's sitting there and he's like, oh, um... I think the guy's like, oh, are you okay to get home? And Or, or no, he's like, oh, five's my limit. Um, I'm the designated walker. And the guy's like, 
we find out that he had been drinking Slice. So I, at first I thought he had, like, had five beers, and I was like, oh, he's going to, like, get drunk and kill himself. But uh, Yeah, like, but no, he... He, he just had orange soda. Um, <laughs> orange and, soda, five of which came out to seven fifty back in 1997. Is that, do you think that's a good price or a bad price? Well, is it what, like... It should be free re- refills. That's what I'm thinking, if it's soda. If it's soda. Well, like, I remember soda back in the day being, like, 20, like 25 cents a can, so... I, yeah, I don't remember that. Maybe like, there was an upped price or something. All right, whatever. <laughs> maybe that was including tip for the bartender. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because maybe. he's sitting in a bar ordering orange soda. But what we get is more of like, he doesn't really, Tom doesn't really think highly of himself because he's like, I'm sorry I was such shit company. And he's like, The bartender's like, Oh, it's my job to be good, good company. company. Uh, and there was like, What was that line? I don't know. At the end, right before he walks out, and he's like, I, I forget it, so whatever. He has, like, a line at the end that's basically, like, oh, yeah, like a depressing, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think much of myself. Oh, sorry that I exist, basically, kind of thing. Um, so but, while Tom is out, there's, like, a quick re-back to Lucy's storyline because... Um, and a lot... And more of, like, ferret nonsense and shit going on. Yeah, this is after they know that the ferrets are... we. Everyone knows that the ferrets are loose, but the, the rest of the family thinks mice... So, so the Rev is sitting in his office, and the ferrets run right in front of his desk, and, like, they don't leave the room. Then Lucy comes in. And Lucy's, like, gives back the boot, the, she calls it the Buddha book, <laughs> which is so offensive. The Buddha book. Uh, and she's like, oh, it's, this is not for me. All they do is, like, meditation. And in the scene with Matt, she was preaching, too, about, um. Oh, yeah, she goes. Buddhism, <laughs> she was she too. Goes, wait, she goes, her, I quote, I wrote this, this down. About suffering. Yeah, yeah she said, uh. Uh, where is it? I wrote this down. Oh, she goes, suffering is, according to Buddhism, uh, suffering is inherent in life. And Matt was, <laughs> was like, like, sign me up or something. <laughs> no, or... she's like, yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> like, have yeah. you seen my life? Anyway, she's like, oh, I can't do this because it's a lot of meditation. And she goes, and you know I'd rather be talking <laughs> or whatever. So she asked about the Quakers, and she chooses the Quakers because they're peaceful and, soci- like, socially conscious. And, um... Then there's a weird moment where the rep sits down in his chair, but and the- it like breaks, but nobody says anything. Like I, I thought I was really under the impression that like, the ferrets were supposed to have messed with the chair, but like this, but is- no one says anything, and he just sits in the broken chair, like looking at everyone. I think um, who's the actor that plays the rev? Stephen Collins. I think Stephen Collins is practicing his physical comedy in this episode because yes. it's not the first time. So we had the scene right we talked about earlier where he eats the cereal. Or that, um, oh, cereal, which he calls bachelor steak. That's yeah. what he calls cereal. Um, out, like the ones that the mice were apparently in, but it was really the ferrets. And he eats it with his hands, and there's like this, like, that scene. Then there's a scene earlier in the episode where he takes a sip of, like, hot tea or hot coffee, and like... Oh, oh no, it's, a, it's in this scene. Oh, it's like, a, as soon as the scene, like, that's how the scene ends. And, and like, he's, like, has a weird thing with that. The thing with the chair. makes a face because it's too hot. Like, the chair fall. Like, he has a bunch of, like everybody's acting so out of character and also forgetting, like, that they're actors. But Wait, um, so then Annie comes into this room as well, mm-hmm. and no one has seen the ferrets yet. Like, the, the ferrets were in the room. Are they giant ferrets? They are, they are big. They are not tiny. And both Lucy and now Annie have come into the room. They ran in front of the Rev's desk, and no one has seen them yet. Um, so I So then I think Annie's like, I don't know where Tom is. Like, I'm worried about him too now. Yeah, so... The Rev goes to the church where Tom is, and now we have this scene to where we find out. Finally. Tom's big secret. Do you, do you want to? 
I'll, okay, so he's like, <laughs> he has seizures. That's his he secret. He has epilepsy, and he had a seizure in front of his congregation. And his seizures aren't like, I guess, what like typical ones are, but he has ones where he blacks out. So apparently, I don't know. Don't people black out during? I don't know. He was just like the way that he was describing it. Was saying, oh, some people just usually like kind of like. Some people with epilepsy don't have seizures. They'll have like they have other symptoms. But he's like, I get seizures. But I think he says like some people that have seizures just like shake involuntarily. Oh. But like his like manifests in a way that he does that. But then he also passes out. Yeah. Um, but like what the problem is that he was in front of his congregation in Denver, I guess, last Sunday, and this happened while he was preaching. And, uh, now the congregation is afraid of him and he can't do this. So he's like leaving the church. Yeah. He was like, I lived my whole life, keep keeping it like a secret. And uh, I don't know. He's like, I want, I want to leave the church before they fire me. Um, which I'm pretty sure they can't like firing him for a medical condition is... Not, it's not yeah. very um, Christian of them. <laughs> but, so. like, guess what the Rev is react? how the Rev is reacting to this? He's fucking crying. Like, he's, he's like, oh, my God, Tom, I had no, you're such a strong man. He's like, you're the strongest man I know. And I had no idea. You've lived your whole life with this, this secret, and you're so strong, and don't leave the church or whatever. Uh, and then, I don't know, they... they Whatever they go back to the house. And no, they no no no. We have to talk about what else happens in this scene because um, either so they joke about the suicide. Yes, again? they so they're like, oh, I guess you know me and Bill. Bill, no, he first of all, no, first he like uh, equivocates himself to um, Judy Calloway because he's like, oh, like the parishioners are gonna look at me weird yeah. because just like they look at Judy weird, and then he equivocates himself to. Bill, the suicide man, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, just like Bill, you know, my life has no meaning anymore because it's so sad and, like, pathetic. And it's like, what no. the? F- <laughs> no, that's not how that works. No. <laughs> like, see, Bad job, Seventh Heaven. Like, what the fuck, Seventh to, Heaven? What the fuck? I look up who wrote this episode. It, the inch, that man that you said in the beginning of the episode you were reading out. Oh, yeah. All right. So, anyway... Uh, Everything's resolved. They go back to the house, and the Rev is like, oh, I've got a story. Like, you you don't know how strong our friend Tom is. And Annie's like, our friend? Because she's so happy to hear the Rev call Tom a friend. And he's like, I'll tell you the story, but I'm going to let him tell you. Uh, so whatever, the, the, the episode closes. The episode closes, so we are at church, and um, everybody's there, and so is Judy Calloway, and uh, Tom is the one that's doing the sermon, um, and it's all about choices, and, like, he, like, has a specific line for each character He calls every show. single person out on the bad choices they made in this episode. Yeah, he calls out Lucy for covering up for Mary, he calls out Mary for lying, lying. he calls out the kids for picking up money that doesn't belong to them, um... Oh wait! Before this, let's just before the scene has occurred, oh, right. when Tom comes in and like, you presumably tells Annie his story. He's like, the ferrets are in a box, and he's like, hey, what's in this box? And Annie's like, well, ferrets. And well, first she's like, oh, we thought it was mice. And like, this house has mice. I'm like, yeah, no, it's ferrets. Yeah, and he, Tom, of course, is like, oh. Can I have them? And Annie's like, they're illegal. And he's like, yeah, that's why they're they're so hard to get. Like, so t- and Tom also finds out that where his when he's paying for the sodas, he's like, I thought I had a fifty dollar bill in here. Then when he finds out the where the ferrets came from, 
Uh, he finds out that it was, you know, he's from like, the money that he dropped. That he dropped, and he's like, "Oh, that was lucky." lucky. But um, like, he says he's basically used the ferrets to keep him company, and I'm a hundred percent sure ferrets are not service company. animals. <laughs> they like, are, yeah. So anyway, he wants these ferrets. Um, so face palming right now. So, like, so then it pans out, and they are the only people in church. The Camdens and Judy Calloway are the only ones in the church. And it's Saturday. We find out it's Saturday because Tom is like, oh, thanks for the dress rehearsal, Rev. Um, and they're like, all right, got to get you to the airport with the ferrets that they that are illegal in California at least. So I don't think they're going to let him take them on a plane back to Colorado. Um, but who knows? Who knows? what well, They might can- be. They're probably legal in Colorado. It's just because, what isn't <laughs> legal in Colorado? So... Um, they, I don't know. Oh, and the last thing we get is the ferrets screwing around the church. So it well, we have Judy Calloway being like, I think I'll stay here. She's oh, yeah. like all of a sudden like, ref- like, like, oh, the power of the church. So the last scene we have is like it panning out, everybody leaving, Judy Calloway sitting alone in the church, and then... The ferrets screwing around. So Tom apparently black. is carrying an empty cardboard box around and doesn't realize that it's empty. And now there are ferrets bre- breeding in the Glen Oak Community Church. Can't wait for that to be continued, except it won't, won't because be. it's seventh heaven. Okay, so <laughs> the rating. <laughs> I okay. I'm gonna give this a one. Okay, so the the lowest I've ever rated an episode is the color of God, which is a point five. I think that was unjust of you. Um, and I think I'm gonna have to increase the color of God to like a 1 or a 1.5 or even a 2 because you need to give this episode a 0.5? Yes, because apparently I can't give an episode a 0, but this is the worst episode. If you're listening to this podcast but not watching along, please skip this episode. Yes, yes like just don't just don't watch this. There's episode. not even like a fun like there the things that happen aren't even fu- like funny in a in an absurd way. Yeah. It's just like because Lucy is the worst but not in a way that like is is fun to talk about or look at or anything. Um, the only person that does anything that it's like kind of in character is Mary and Matt. Like that's about it. Everybody else is just acting way <laughs> weird, way out of line. Annie in this entire episode is acting like a five-year-old child around Tom. Yeah. Like she's uh, infatuated I, with him. Infatuated with him, but also like like I don't know. Her face is pulling like. Ec- extra I don't, I don't even fucking know what's going on the rev is out of control his body is out of control <laughs> he can't control his body nobody is reacting the way they should be to things he doesn't even help anyone like he he just like lurks around and like follows tom they make they they equip we are led to believe that seizures are like i understand epilepsy is like a serious disease but they did not like but depict I also it think the it's right pretty way. Easy, like it's pretty easy to manage with correct, you know. Yeah, but the, the way that they it was not depicted well in this episode, and then other. I things... I mean, unless it's severe, like if you have run of the mill epilepsy, I'm pretty sure well, the it's, way it's that, pretty well managed with medication. The way that they described it in this episode, he just said it happens every three years or so, like every few years. Yeah, have, so he like, pr- a seizure. yeah. But like they anyway. make it sound like he turned into like a werewolf in front of the congregation, right. though, and like. It was <laughs> so they didn't depict it the right way. So they like increasing stigma where there doesn't need to be. And then when talking about like suicide, it was just like glossed over completely. 
Yeah. Oh, anyway, I hated this episode, as you can tell. And so you're giving it a point five. I mean, because I can't give it a zero, can I? So it's a point five. You know what? Yes. I, I think this is the lowest rating one I've ever done. I think that I gave the color. I I don't write down my ratings like <laughs> like you, I do. You like to keep everything relative, but um, yeah, I'm giving it a one. So, all right, that's. The Don't. best the best thing about this sh- this episode was the ferret man, which we'll, we'll put a screenshot of. <laughs> That's the up only, on. Yeah, the man opening his jacket with the ferrets. Like, that was the only absurdly funny thing that happened. Yeah. All right. So, again, do all the things. Facebook, Twitter. Tumblr. Our Twitter is at CamdenCastShow, um, because there's some imposter CamdenCast out there. Tweet at us, guys. Like... Yeah. We love when people tweet at us and tell us they're, wa- they're listening or they're watching or, you know. Yeah. SoundCloud, Facebook, all the stuff. All the stuff. Give us some reviews. Rate us. Oh, yeah. Download, wait, subscribe and download. Like, well, if you subscribe on iTunes, you get the automatic downloads. So. It'll just show up right. on your phone or your listening device. Enough of our shameless plugging. Um, I'm Aaron. And I'm Tanby. And this has been Camden Cast. <laughs>